Zach, I'm starting to hear sleigh bells. Oh, yeah? And that can only mean one thing. I thought you didn't believe. <laughs> I do believe in Santa. I do. I do. I do believe it. I do believe it wasn't me. It wasn't me. We will not acknowledge Santa Claus on this podcast, no. whether he's real or fake. We don't want to. We don't want to have any. My youngest brother listen to this podcast. That's exactly right. And Santa, <laughs> I still don't get how he does it. But that's not what we're talking about here today, no. folks. We are talking about one of my pet peeves, Zach. I if you go back to our episode on November eighteenth last, last year, year, you'll hear how this peeves Cooper. But go on, guys. Thanksgiving. Is overlooked. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is it the best holiday? No, no, by no means. No, we all know what we the best all holiday know. Is. Christmas is the best holiday, yeah. and we all know that Thanksgiving is the doormat to Christmas. It is, and and people wipe their feet on it. Yes, but wipe your feet. Don't step over. Right, doormat. you know at, <laughs> at least, least give it, it. Give it some love. But Zach, you see, there's a problem this year that has not been the problem in the past because in the past we've actually talked about this. Yep. We know. Yeah, the first act of Christmas mm-hmm. is Santa showing up at the end of the Macy's Day Parade. And yeah. then after that, that's kind of like the opening of the door, if uh-huh. you will. And, and then the step off the doormat is... Ushering in the puppy bowl. The puppy bowl or, or <laughs> the dog show. Dog show, yes. Yeah, whatever it's called. Right after, after the Macy's Thanksgiving When you Day leave the Thanksgiving Day Parade on <laughs> yeah. and it's gone through two, it's like it runs through. Then they play it one more time all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the dog show comes on. Yeah. But and you well, mindlessly watch or you mute the TV and it's just on. So right. everyone watches it, but no one knows what There's happens. There's more breeds of dogs than you even knew existed right and i'm nervous this year zach because mm-hmm. the thanksgiving gate parade has been canceled yeah because of covid which that's is, a bummer it's it's a tragedy that's huge a bummer. travesty a travesty and i'm worried because i don't know if i don't know if it's too early to celebrate christmas anymore because the first act of christmas has already been canceled so it's like right. we're in this endless abyss where what is the first act of christmas <laughs> yeah and what will usher in the puppy bowl if is the puppy bowl canceled? Is it? And it's not the puppy bowl, but it's the dog show. Is it really? The puppy bowl is like on the Super Bowl halftime thing. Oh, <laughs> the dog show. It's the dog show. Is it called the dog show? I don't know. Is that I'll, a fact I'll look check? It up. But but what I'm saying, folks, is Christmas. People say Christmas came early. It really is coming early this year. I I feel like this is the first year. If the dog show has been canceled. Where I don't have to say we're celebrating Christmas too early because the doormat's been moved, people. Yeah. And I will uh, confirm that it is called the dog show. It hasn't been canceled? uh, Actually, I need to look that up. The National Dog Show, and it is – no, I mean it's on. It's on from what I can tell. It's on. So, folks, we're not going to have Santa to point us towards the dog show. Mm -hmm. If I'm Macy's, I'm easily rerunning last year's, right? Totally. You have to do something. You have to do something. And virtual parades, I've seen people doing that. What lame, lame. What is a virtual parade? I don't know, Zach. I didn't even know they existed until the second. <laughs> we just watch things go across a Zoom screen or something. I guess. So actually, I, I work at Watermark, right. and we actually did a a staff parade, an like a first annual canceled Macy's Day parade parade no celebration. Way. That's what it was. It. Tell me a little bit. Where about everyone, all the offices, like we got combined into groups, and we right. all were responsible for putting on a float. Oh no! And way. like driving through as the staff stood appropriately distanced that's kind of awesome yeah it was amazing and and there were like there was a tr- like someone drove a truck with a trailer right. with some of our worship team dressed as aerosmith <laughs> on it that's awesome the com- men's community team drove like an um, a 1950s fire truck dang and like they were on it as old like old people huh uh and essentially the thing was like what do you miss from 2020 and they were saying they miss the old people because they're all 
like hiding from so like <laughs> oh, quarantining. Okay, yeah. Not yeah. that they're gone, but like they're like quarantining. And then yeah. Aerosmith is like we missed concerts. Mm. My uh, our team, the yeah, students we team, we did a, a prom date. We were uh, students, so it was like we had one of our uh, a, residents good. up there. He had a shirt. It was like his armpit. We poured water all over him, so it looked like he was dripping sweat. And they had like <laughs> the arms, arms distance, uh, <laughs> the dancing, awkward dancing, dancing middle school. Yeah, I love that. So it was just, but it was it was so fun. Yeah, it got, it's been so cool to see the creativity of people in, in this time. But I That's think right. that we, we talk a lot about Thanksgiving being skipped over. We literally go Halloween to Christmas. Right. I mean, I have my Christmas tree up in our you apartment. Dirty, here. filthy, rotten. <laughs> but it brings a lot. Of joy it does but i will say we talk about it but no one ever does anything about it mm-hmm. until ben rector that is true i mean he i is just thought the, of this he is the champion of thanksgiving i mean he is pioneering a new wave of what i think could be really cool that is the most sentimental song get you in your feels it's tune. it's an uncornered market the yes thanksgiving music he's the first one i know why have people not been doing it you, put, you start playing christmas music november 1st right and, and we skip thanksgiving now why you have one it? song that yes. you can play and I've, if i'm ben rector i'm probably looking at a lot of plays on that and, song oh you know? a lot of plays and why not put out an album Right, like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving album. album. How about you monopolize the market of that's Thanksgiving right. music? Because look, let's say Ben Rector puts out four more Thanksgiving songs. Right now, that's four more than any other artist, Ever. and now you have a nice rotation. Exactly. So I mean, so let, I I have a lot of sympathy for people who say like, "Hey, we skip Thanksgiving." I understand we need to be thankful. Do for something, thing, but do something. About do something it. about it. Write a Thanksgiving song or. Give someone a Thanksgiving gift. Yes. You can. Why, yeah. did, why is it just about turkey? Or give us a Thanksgiving review on our podcast. <laughs> yes. That we you are so thankful for, uh, That's for right. just doing say, this podcast. Say, I'm so thankful for you guys. This is my Thanksgiving day. Yes. Review. Uh, like, review of a podcast. All in all, I'm a huge fan of Thanksgiving, but I'm a bigger, obviously, fan of Christmas. I mean, we're going to call it we how can't, it is. We can't lie. I'm going to call it space. It space is back. the doormat, but I do choose to I, wipe the mud gently. on my on – my, yes, gently. I wipe I like, my, my Halloween shoes yes. off onto the Thanksgiving <laughs> mat so I can plunge I, deeply into Christmas. As I step into Christmas corner. But do something. If you really are that hurt by a skipping Thanksgiving, do something about like it. Like we did. We just acknowledged it yeah. on a on an internationally yes. known yes. podcast. And a well-loved. <laughs> yeah, well-loved by a select few. Yes. <laughs> In the Philippines. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg, here with my co-host, Coop McCullough. How are we mm. doing, Koopa? Base those turkeys, folks. It's almost <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> Come on, get the stuffing, get the cranberry sauce, whatever. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top. Baby. Um, AKA. Amen. Whatever. Honey an, from heaven. Honey from heaven. <laughs> Dude, literally an angel. Just it's oh. like it's like scraping the gunk out of an angel's wing. Yes. And that's what I'm eating. <laughs> Sounded gross. That was mouth. kind of funny. That was funny. I like that. Anyway, we've got a great episode, and it's very timely. Mm. Something to be thankful for, but also a Christmas gift for we, you. We acknowledge Thanksgiving, folks. The listener. But we don't have a Thanksgiving podcast. No, we don't. But we do. We kind of do skip over to Christmas. Cooper, have you ever heard of Samaritan's Purse? Of course. Have exactly. you ever heard of Operation Christmas Child? I've actually participated. Really? I have. What I've, if, I've tell us about box. it, and what do you put in your shoebox? Yeah, so folks, you get to get a shoebox-sized yep. box, essentially, yep. and you can... On the box, decide whether you're giving a gift to a guy or a girl. And I think mm-hmm. there's like different age categories that right. you can circle. And then you fill it with things that essentially would be the Christmas presents of these kids 
in other countries that are less fortunate than right. the United States. And so you can put things like coloring books, Would you put in figures, yours? socks. I always go with the socks. Uh, it's course. a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to give my guy a ball, like mm. some kind of bouncy ball yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And I think I got him like a, like a drawing pad, like mm-hmm. a, that's a classic, not necessarily a coloring book. Yeah. But, but like, like a creative, like a blank yes, slate, an outlet. Dude, same way. Yeah. The ones I've done, I love doing colors and I love doing that and balls. I mean, colors right. and, and footballs or baseballs. Right. It's the best. But why we bring this up is today on the, the podcast, you've seen from the title, we have Ranjita Kumar. Yep. Now, Ranjita is a, a student at Dallas Baptist University where Go we Patriots. went to. She's still there. She's getting her master's. She talks about that a little bit, but she's from India. Mm. And uh, she, why we have her talking about this specific topic is because she's a spokesperson for Samaritan's Purse because when she was seven years old, she received the first gift she ever received in her life. Wow. And it was a Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child shoebox. That's amazing. It changed her life. She came to know Christ because someone put a Bible in it. She did not know English. English. She got an English Bible and she started to learn to read because of the Bible. Wow. Started putting the stories that they told them together, what was in the Bible, was adopted, came to know the Lord, ended up at DBU, and the rest is history. I mean, I mean, talk it's about a shoebox, folks. And like, it's sweet when I say it. Right. Just wait till you hear her say yeah, it. Yeah, I can't wait. Gosh, it's heartwarming. That's amazing. So, what this episode is, it's not sponsored. We're not partnering with uh, Samaritan's Purse, but we want to tell the story because from our hearts, it's we awesome. truly believe. And we get excited about their mission, whether oh, they know that we exist or not. <laughs> I mean, I don't really care because this is a big deal and a right. good thing for you to do out of just the goodwill of your heart. It's so easy. Yeah, Go and pick it's up a literally like you, you pay, like, I think you put like $9 with it to cover the shipping. So, yeah. in reality, you're paying. 15 to 20 dollars right. i mean you literally can go to the dollar store and get yeah. some of the stuff to go in this box and it's it costs you so little but it could literally transform the life of a child just like it did to Rangita. and after you hear her tell her story you will not be able to resist going to get those boxes yeah. and so I, I want i want to encourage you but i want you to hear her story first so without further ado here she is Rangita kumar Well, Merry Christmas, Randita. It's so good to have you here, and it's so good to see you. This is a big interview, and I'll tell you why. Because this is my first in-person interview since, I think, March or April because of COVID. We've done Zoom ever since. So welcome to the podcast. It's so good to see you. Introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here in Dallas? Well, I'm a student at Dallas Baptist University. I'm from New Delhi, India, and I'm getting my master's degree at this university. Okay. What are you getting your master's in? Uh, it's called fintech. A lot of people yeah. get get confused. So it's basically financial technology uh, merged with IT and management. Good for you. That's so exciting. And obviously, DBU is a great place, and it's oh, changed definitely. both of our lives. Yes. Been very uh, instrumental in our life. But you have a specific story to tell that you've gotten to speak a lot about, and it has to do with this Christmas season that we find ourselves in. And so everyone knows. <laughs> Uh, Operation Christmas Child, the project of Samaritan's Purse, a, a wonderful organization led by Franklin Graham. But everyone is so – they know of these these boxes that people send to, to other countries. And it, we do it uh, during the Christmas season. It's so fun to get to do that and to get to bless other people. But you have a specific story about this. I would love for you to tell that story. I'm just going to give you the microphone, Ranjit, to tell your story. Okay. Uh, so, well – this is not just a story for me. It changed my life mm-hmm. and in ways that I never thought it would. Um, I grew up in an orphanage in New Delhi, India, and I was seven years old when I was left there by my mother. And uh, that was not because I was an orphan, but because my family could not support me and my sister. And uh, 
having girls in India is not easy. It's always scary. And we lived in a neighborhood. My mother was always scared for our lives. And um, so she decided to leave us at the orphanage. I'm very sure it was really hard on her. But for me, as a seven-year-old, I didn't understand that. Mm. And I completely felt uh, like miserable that my mother would just leave me there. And uh, being at this orphanage, this was a life-changing situation for me because uh, I was a person who was an atheist. I did not believe in God or his existence or anything about him. I thought it was like a commercialized idea to, you know, make people buy things or go to the temple, mosque, or you just name it, any religious place. I thought it was just very commercialized. Mm. So... I did not believe in God. My mother, on the other hand, was like a very strong uh, religious person. And so were ev- so was everyone around me. Right. So that just put me away from God. And not just because of, you know, their faith, but also that God did not answer any of their prayers. Or there was no peace in their life. I saw so many struggles around me. And I would always question the legitimacy if God is real, mm. because there was so much suffering. My mother would just dedicate so much of her time worshiping these gods, but nothing happened. Mm. My father turned out to be an alcoholic, a gambler, and uh, so much domestic abuse he caused to the whole family. And I remember this one time he even uh, was so drunk that he just put me and my sister up for bait. And that was so scary, but my mother stepped in right, mm. right away. And that's how we were not like, you know, gone. Right. So that just made me question so many things in life. And the topmost was God. Mm-hmm. So I decided not to trust God or believe in his existence. I just walked so far away. I believe that if I'm rational and I'm hardworking, I will do just fine in life. So I was one of those persons. And coming to this orphanage, it was I think God just had a sense of humor there. He just right. brought me to this place that's just so religious. <laughs> they would pray every day. Uh-huh. At one point, I was like, man, these people pray way too much. <laughs> and I've never, like before that, I never prayed for my meal. They were right. praying four times a day for their meal, even for tea. So mm. I was like, either the food is poisoned or something, <laughs> but they don't trust their chef. Right. So it was funny. But at one point, I'm like listening to this name, Jesus, again and again. And I'm thinking, who is Jesus? Who are they praying to? Is Jesus the landlord or is he some millionaire who donated a lot of money? Is he the driver or is he the chef? Because they are praying for the food as well. So I started to question who Jesus is. And before coming to this orphanage, I did not know anything about Jesus. I did know about the God of Christian people. But, you know, that was only during Christmas. And Christmas was maybe Santa Claus had something to do with Jesus. Right. And all these Christmas trees. And that's all I knew about Christmas. But at this orphanage, this was in December 2002. And they're like talking about Jesus, uh, singing carols. And everybody's just so happy. And I'm so confused. What is going on? It seemed like a party. And some people walked in and they're singing and... They bring these huge brown boxes, and out of those big boxes came out these tiny red and green boxes. Mm-hmm. Some were just plastic, plastic boxes wrapped in gift paper. And they passed it out to all of us. This was my first time ever receiving a present. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for me, that was like a wow moment because it was so big and my tiny hands were just struggling to hold it. Wow. So I kept it on the floor. Right. So they said to us, hey, you guys, open your presents. And everybody's so excited. Uh -huh. They're opening their present. And my sister was sitting next to me. And I wanted to make sure there was nothing wrong in that box. So I told right. her, you open yours first. <laughs> As a smart older sister would. Oh, yes. <laughs> um so she's opening her present and I'm looking at her box and there was some quite interesting things in there and right. there was candy, oh. so much candies. And I remember this one particular candy, Tootsie Roll. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a whole packet of it. It took me two hours to go through it. and You ate the whole bag of Tootsie Rolls yes. in two hours. That's <laughs> yes. impressive. That's very impressive. Um, now I can't do it. I can't <laughs> eat more than three. That's right. Back then it was just amazing. I love that. But then there was other things in my box and there was so much in my box but there were three things that stood out okay. and uh one of those was uh painting colors mm -hmm. now for me i was going through a really hard time i was having a hard time accepting that i was in the orphanage i'm not an orphan i'm there right the second thing was i didn't have friends and i had a hard time making friends because i thought people are just you know, horrible. Mm -hmm. They just break your heart and they just don't care. And I mean, my mother left me there, so I just didn't trust anyone. So I was just struggling and I went through depression and anxiety way too much. And there was so much anger. So those watercolors were just a way of therapy for me. I started to paint and it was amazing because Later on, I did develop like a hobby that to just paint or just to draw, even though I'm terrible at it, I will still do it. <laughs> do you still do it to this day? I do. That's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> yes, I do. And uh, one time I had this courage in me to post it on Instagram and then yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, I love that. And then these watercolors were just not colors for me. They, mm -hmm. My life was more like black and white. Mm -hmm. So it added colors to my life in ways that I did not realize. So it did relieve me of my stress. And it was just amazing. Those That one week, because I, I was finished with it in right. one week because I was so excited. I love it. I was a seven-year-old. So. Right, 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 right. The second thing That's how you my, can get through the Tootsie Rolls so fast as yes. well. As <laughs> yes. Uh, it's sad I don't have a sweet tooth anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you grew out of it, I, I guess. Uh -huh. What was your second thing? What was the second thing you were uh, So the, the second thing in my box was a journal. Mm. And you see, till this day, I have one with me. Mm -hmm. um, I carry one everywhere I go. And my journal was something that helped me express myself. So I was this introvert. I was this uh, kid that didn't talk or express. Mm. And my journal just helped me do that. I started with one word, one sentence, half a paragraph one page and there have been days I can write 15 20 pages mm -hmm. straight and over these years when I compare my journals I see where I was where I am and everything that you know I used to think and how God has just changed all of that mm -hmm. so my journal is like a strong testimony just to me to read um, that you know when you give your life to God it just changes mm -hmm. not just you know the way you think, but also the way you act towards others. And I had a hard time with people and expressing myself or just being compassionate mm -hmm. or just being kind or, you know, being empathetic. Right. So my journal just reminds me that how far I've come and I could not have done that if God was not in my life. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what my journal means to me. Of course, I'm not going to prioritize my journal over God. Right. It's just a way of me knowing that where I was and where I am and where God is leading me. But the central, the theme of it, the core is always God, mm -hmm. that He's faithful. He's above everything. And uh, no matter what you're going through, you're going to get through it with God. Mm -hmm. So that was the th second thing in my box that just changed my life. The third thing was something that I never expected uh, or I never thought that someone would put that in my box because it was in a language that I did not speak. Mm. And uh, also it was something I, I used to call religious. So it was a Bible. Mm. And my Bible was in English. <laughs> and that just, yeah. I know that I was holding it right because it had pictures in it. Right. So, you know, it felt like Latin on Greek back then. Uh -huh. I'm like, what am I holding? What, what are we this? looking at? Mm -hmm. And I opened it and it had pictures. So it was a children's Bible. Mm. And uh, it did take me some time to get to read my Bible because uh, it took maybe three to four years for me to learn English. Right. And when I learned English, I started to read my Bible because that was the book I owed, and right. it was my book. Yeah. And it just meant a lot to me. And um, when I'm reading through the stories in the Bible, I'm reminded of the stories this old lady at the orphanage used to come and share. Mm. It's funny. She was an American, but she would talk to us in our native language, mm. Hindi. And uh, she would narrate all these stories from the Bible. So when I'm looking at the pictures, I'm like, oh, yes, she did talk about this. Yeah. She did talk about that. And um, at one point, I'm very curious. Right. So why are all these things, you know, uh, recorded? Why is this story recorded? Why? And the why of it got me to read the Bible. And then at one point, I went to uh, my pastor, who's my dad today. I told him, can I have a Bible? And my very first Bible was an ESV Bible. And I started to read through it. It took me three months to read the whole Bible. Mm. I was so curious. At points, I did not even understand what those words were, right. but I would use a dictionary. And um, it was funny, like, how curious I was. And then I'm thinking about God at this point. I'm reading my Bible. I'm thinking about God. And I was also going to church, memorizing scriptures. And it's funny that when something is wrong with me, I'm repeating those scriptures. Mm. So in a way, I was already on my way towards following God, but there was something holding me back. Right. And it was not, uh, you know, it was not what I was struggling with, but it was my stubborn stubbornness that I did not want to give up on what I believed in. Mm. I was so stubborn because, you know, when you believe in something so deeply, you just don't want to give it away. You don't right. want to change. So I, I had a hard time with that. And there, there were moments when God was talking to me and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I kept saying that. But then this one moment that changed my life was when my father was murdered. And just listening to that was just heartbreaking. And uh, I did not have a good relationship with my father. I used to hate him so much because of all the struggles he put our family through. And he was supposed to be the man in the family, but he just brought so much misery. So I used to talk to God and I used to tell him, why is he like that? And the moment I heard he's dead, 
I was just so quiet for three days. Just I did not know what to do. And that's when I started to read my Bible. And I'm in the book of Philippians. And uh, Paul, who's in the prison, he's writing, rejoice in the Lord. At one point, I'm like, this guy is insane. <laughs> yeah. Something's wrong with him. Mm. Like, how can you write from prison that rejoice in the Lord always? Now, always did not mean like, you know, only when you want to, but always. It's like a continuous process. And that's when I started to think that Paul went through a lot. He lost so many people. He lost so many friends, near and dear ones. Why am I so stubborn in, you know, giving this God a chance? Why am I so stubborn about it? And I was not even so, I was not even close to my father. Why is this hurting me so much? Is this my, my excuse to say, I don't want to follow God because he took my dad away. And, uh, that moment, my pastor, uh, my dad, he comes in, my spiritual father, he comes in and he's talking to me. He prayed for me. And for the last six or seven months, I did not even cry that I was so uh, stubborn. I was so hurt that I was angry. When he started to pray for me, I cried. And he's like, God uh, is going to give you the best in life if you follow him. And, you know, you must have lost your father, but I'm your father. And above all, God is your father. Mm. And that man taught me what it means to trust God. And he could have said, you know, you don't have to worry. I'm your father. I'm going to take care of you. But he did not. He didn't lie to me. He said that people will fail you. Things will fail you. Everything is going to fail you. But God won't. Mm -hmm. And I decided to give my life to Jesus. And in 2011, I was baptized. So you see how that started from my Bible. My Bible that, you know, I just didn't want to read. And I was just so against. And... um, just having that personal relationship with God had, has taught me so much. And it's not just about, you know, having faith to uh, ask for things, but having faith to ask for things that you cannot even think of or um, for lives to be changed. And um, reading my Bible taught me that having a personal relationship with God is just so important. Uh, it helped me manage my anger and I don't even remember the last time I was angry. Mm. I don't. Or, you know, I was just so mad at someone that I wanted revenge or something. And all of that changed that, you know, every time I'm I'm about to do something rash or something wrong, the Holy Spirit just, you know, holds me back. Mm. And that is what it means to follow God. Like even, even like now, um, with all the political scenario Mm -hmm. going on, you just want to say so many things to people. What are you doing and all that stuff. But you know, God holds me back from saying all that. (laughs) It's like, you have to accept people sometimes, but yes, you have to be vigilant too. Mm -hmm. But following God taught me so many things. And the best one is to love on people. And we live in a time and age where it's so hard to do that. We're just so divided by everything. And, um, the gospel teaches us to love no matter how or where or when it teaches us to do that. And at one point I used to hate people and knowing God just changed me from within that no matter what a person is or going through or is doing, um, I always remind myself that, Hey, you were there before and God changed your life and you're here to change someone else's. 
and God is going to do that through you. Give him a chance. So um, getting a shoebox not just changed me like personally in how I think, how I am, but also how I can be and how I can share the gospel with others. And um, I have I have done that with so many people. I've been able to share the gospel, not just because, you know, I'm forced to do it or uh, because my pastor is telling me, hey, you got to share the gospel. No, because I really want to, because the joy it gives to know God is just, you just can't express it. There's, There's no perfect word or sentence to say. It's just so deep and so uh, powerful that even in your darkest moments, your toughest moments, you know, God is there with you. So that is my story of receiving a shoebox. And um, there has been so many others who've received a shoebox and their lives have been changed. And it all starts with such a simple action of giving a gift. It's Mm -hmm. it's so easy to go pick up one of these shoeboxes and be able to just fill it with things. And it's so cool to hear the three things that, well, the four, I will say, (laughs) that stood out to you. First being the Tootsie Rolls and uh, the candy that stands out. But the three things I think are so incredibly impactful is the the watercolors, the painting, Mm -hmm. the the Bible, and the journal. Mm -hmm. Just three such simple things but have filled your life with so much joy and your life is full of color now. Now the fruits of, of you reading that Bible and you still to this day, I'm looking at this beautiful pink journal sitting on this desk that <laughs> yes. you still carry around. And it's all because someone took the time to fill that shoebox and was able mm-hmm. to change your life. I want to go back and talk about your story for just a second. You said when you were seven years old, you entered that orphanage and you were an atheist. Yes. I think when I was seven years old, I did not even know what that word meant or what any of that meant. How had you already begun to to develop that uh, just mindset and that worldview at such a young age? Well, I lived around people that they had different religion. I, my mother's best friend was a Muslim woman, and uh, we had uh, Catholics around us. Mm. We had Hindus. So I come from a country of many religion, and uh, all of that just, you know, uh, was... All of that made me think because everything they did, their actions did not speak for what they believed in. There was no peace. There was always struggles. And maybe there were one or two happy moments. But just looking at my family, that was so religious. It just made me think all these idols, you know, made up of stone. How can that idol answer or fight for me if I can just break it by my hand? If I just take it by my hand and throw it on the floor, it's going to break. So how is that idol powerful enough to save me or, you know, answer to to my prayers? So it just made me think. And even my mom's best friend, who was a Muslim woman, she uh, she had a hard time with her life. And I saw how oppressed her life was. Uh, not because of, you know, um, what she did. It's just it just never worked out. She would read Quran you know, five times a day and pray. And right. It just, it just never sat in with me. So I just saw like both the sides and, um, I did know like something is wrong. Something is wrong there. This is like, you're trying to please God way too much. You're offering everything. Um, and then something that just uh, stood out was like, these temples had a lot of donations and a lot of, uh, offerings. And I used to see all these beggars outside the temple. I'm like, 
if God is powerful enough, if God is, you know, self-sufficient, why would he need my food? I can just give it to someone who needs mm. it. You know, it would it would be in the temple and so many people going in offering that food or anything they had. And there was like this drain behind the temple with milk that was offered on the mm. on that stone flowing into the drainage. So that used to bother me that instead of feeding those poor outside the temple, why are you just going to that stone in there? And uh, this is going to offend a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but this is true that um, they are so blinded that they have to please God to get what they want. And they're so scared of him to even like, you know, express how they actually feel. Mm -hmm. And um, with God, the God of the Bible, uh, I've never felt that, that, I have to be perfect to please God because we're sinners and we can never be perfect because um, only through God, you know, God cleans our heart. God sanctifies us. There's no way we can do anything to please God. Mm. And um, I learned that very late, like late later on when I was reading my Bible. But all of that was just the foundation of me becoming an atheist. Of course, I did not know the word atheist, but for right. me, yeah. God is dead. Like God was dead. And uh, once I started to read my Bible, that is when the idea of God came back. Mm. And not just the idea of God, but the God, the only yeah. God. Yeah. So that was just very powerful for me. I've had so many experiences, so many, um, you know, moments I've been through. I was battling depression. At one point I had suicidal thoughts and um, God just changed all of that for me. That today it's very powerful. If I see someone struggling with it, I know that this person is going through this. I don't even have to ask them. God has just um, placed that compassion in my heart for those people. That's amazing. And it even reminds me of, of Acts 17. You, you see uh, Paul going into Athens and he's preaching the gospel. And there's all these people that are serving all of these gods and all of these idols and everything. He walks in and then he walks upon one that says, the idol to the unknown God. And he's like, you guys are nuts. What are, you're, you're serving all of these idols, yet none of them are doing anything to, for you. But the first words that come out of Paul's mouth is the God. Mm-hmm. And imagine how just powerful that is and how it just offended everyone mm-hmm. there. They have hundreds of gods, a God to just an idol to some unknown. They don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. And this man walks in and says, the God. He is talking about the one and only, the true God that you do not have to polish yourself mm-hmm. up for. You do not have to be perfect. But he has come down. He has died and so that you can live in him and have eternal life with him. And I think that is so powerful. And I think a lot of times when we do these, uh, the Samaritan Purse uh, boxes, we, we do it in order to make ourselves feel good. Look, look, my family brought 12 boxes this year <laughs> to the church that we can send overseas. But if you think about it, just the one box, someone somewhere sent one box that landed in your little hands when you're a seven-year-old little girl. And it has completely changed the trajectory of your Mm -hmm. life. And it's because of the love of Jesus Christ that compels someone to do that and gets you to where you Mm -hmm. are today. I want you to talk about the moment that you opened that box. What went through your head? I want people to hear firsthand just the joy and the excitement of opening that box. Because you said something powerful, that this was the first present you had ever received in that orphanage. And 
I think we take that for granted. So talk about the moment you opened that box. My hands were shaking mm-hmm. <laughs> to open that box. And uh, when I opened it, I I forgot everything for a moment that I'm in an orphanage. My mother abandoned me and I was battling depression, anxiety. I forgot everything. And I'm just looking at things and uh, I, I went, wow. <laughs> it was... Um, I felt really loved and cared for because, you know, for me, those things were not just things. It, it was a way of someone like expressing that they love me and they care for me. And uh, I know that the person who packed my box prayed over my box because those would be just things if there was no divine intervention there. And uh, I could feel that there was more to life. Uh those were just things, you know, but that prayer, uh, that I was just so, so much like overwhelmed. I think I had a tear in my eye. Um, and, uh, even today I, I, I just choke on my words when I talk about it because it's, it's something that, that would always remain with me because opening that box, uh, just made me feel so special like really special and I hadn't felt that for a long time um being there and not just me everyone around me felt the same way there was so much joy shouting around so much excitement everybody screaming hey I got this hey I got that what did you get it was so fun I, I remember that day and uh like even though like few moments are fading I still remember we were just so excited. It's like all of us on, were high on sugar or something. <laughs> Probably the Tootsie Rolls. It might have been the Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's so – I mean, what a beautiful story. And I can't wait just to see uh, – just imagine one day when you walk through the gates of heaven and you see on one – you see your Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, waiting for you. But then also in heaven, you get to see the person that packed that box for oh, you. Oh, I'm so excited for Isn't that. Isn't <laughs> that crazy to think yes. about? How cool that's going to be to get to meet that person. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, if someone hasn't heard of Samaritan's Purse, of the Operation Christmas Child, if no one's ever heard of or someone listening to this hasn't heard of Packing a Box, how, how do they get involved? Where can they find these if their church, their local church isn't doing it? Uh, where can they get involved to find a box that's sent to a child? Uh, well, they have a website called SamaritansPurse.org. You can go to their website and their project is called Operation Christmas Child. Uh, right now... Um, I think a lot of places have closed down their uh, drop-off locations, but you can go online, build a box, and you can track your box. And you even nowadays you can find out who got your box. Oh, so that's that so is cool. yes. Uh, so this is the this is like a very fun part. So I received a box when I came to the United States. I packed a box, and then I went to the warehouse to process those boxes. Mm. And now back home. Uh, uh, one of my family member actually helps to distribute those boxes. And I remember doing that uh, maybe in 2012. I was at a distribution party and it was so cool. It was so amazing uh, because I actually saw those reactions again yeah. after like, I don't know, 15 years. So um, it was amazing. And this was all like 18 years ago, Right. 18 years. And even after 18 years, that feeling is so fresh that I've got, I got a box yeah. and it was just, you know, the joy that was like just uh, exploding 
when I opened it. It's just so amazing. I still I still get chills when yeah. I see someone uh, opening their box. <laughs> what a pure joy and just yes. a joy that I think we take for granted and that we don't always get to experience. But that opening the box. I want to ask you one more question. What are some items? We know that you got the colors, you got the, uh, the watercolors, you got the journal, you got the Bible. But what are some other items with, if people are looking to pack boxes that would really bless kids mm-hmm. or really make kids excited? What would you suggest? Mm-hmm. Well, um, school supplies, okay. uh, pen, pencils, and uh, notebooks, um, coloring books, colors, crayons. Um, they do have limitations on what you can put and cannot. Right. So if you go to their website, they have everything mentioned. And over time, the requirements have been changed. But something like a wow toy. Uh, kids love toys. And uh, for P- for these boxes going to a third world countries, um, a lot of these children, you know, they would want to hold on to something. And I still know people uh, who've held on to their toys. They received mm. one of them, one of my friends, he received a Hot Wheel car yeah. and he still has that. I and how, that. how cool is that? I like, that. that was amazing. And, um, and also you can put like uh, t-shirts or socks or um, scarves mm. and uh, anything, you know, would help a child yeah. uh, of that age. So um, you can look into the website for requirements, but just don't limit yourself. Even a Bible, you know, um, my Bible was in English and I did not even speak the language, but God just changed my life through that process. I learned English. I learned about God. Yeah. It was like a whole new journey for me. And make sure the Bibles have pictures. That's helpful. <laughs> That's helpful. Yes. Well, if you're listening to this and you want to get involved, I would encourage you to go to their website and pack a box. You can see uh, one small step of faithfulness can lead to a change trajectory of a life of a girl who I can se- I can tell you first person is changing lives on the campus of Dallas Baptist University and throughout the world by telling her story. And it all t- all it took was one person's small step of faithfulness to pack a box and send it and it land in little Rangita's hands. And now she's getting, getting to live life to the full here in Dallas. Dallas, Texas, and what an amazing story that is. I would encourage you to be a part of that. Be a part of a child's story and uh, go get a Christmas box and mm-hmm. send it over to New Delhi. Jane, yes. Rangita, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. Thank you.